Old powers waken, shadows stir. An age of wonder and terror will soon be upon us. An age for gods and heroes. The glass candles are burning, and you're listening to the Obsidian Knights Podcast. On today's episode of Obsidian Nights, where we go through A Song of Ice and Fire chapter by chapter, I am joined by Ara. I'm so glad to be doing an episode of Obsidian Nights with you because you've been a big supporter of mine for years, and I appreciate you, and you have such good insight, and we agree on a lot. So this feels like a conversation with a girlfriend. Would you like to introduce yourself to the Sweet Summer family? Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Ara. You can find me on all the socials at IEDebra. Yes, that is all one word. And I know it's a little bit odd. All I'm going to say is just don't smoke weed with um, being hungry watching Lion King. That's all I got to <laughs> say about that one because I always get questions about it. But anyway. Awesome. <laughs> I was in high school. It was super weird. <laughs> Look, we but, all, we've all been there. Yep, yeah, and hey, it's stuck, so I'm like, why change it at this point? Yeah, it's good. It's a good name. And her Twitter um, her Twitter information will be in the description box below, so you can go show her some love on Twitter. So we're going to be getting into a chapter, and today's chapter is like a, a heavy chapter. So we're coming off Sansa 1 with the big fight between Arya and Joffrey. It's four days later. Jory has found Arya, and Arya has been taken before the king and the queen to answer for her crimes. Like, r- during your reread, what were your initial thoughts of this whole entire chapter? My first thought was, Ned, turn around and go home. Like, clearly Robert's not going to listen to you. He's already shown a few times that he's very indecisive. Cersei clearly holds the power in that relationship, and she's very cruel. And Joffrey also showed his cruelty in a more subtle way. And it did not go the way he expected because he clearly can't play the Game of Thrones that well. So he should have just turned home. You weren't that far. You're only in like the Riverlands. It's a quick ride back up to Winterfell. Like, I don't know why he just didn't turn around because yeah. everything from there just got so much more worse. Yeah, I agree. Like I've said it a lot. I I think Ned Stark is dumb. Um, not, and I like Ned. I I love Ned Stark. But let let's be honest here. Ned Stark has been getting red flag after red flag after red flag, and this is the biggest of them all. This is the biggest red flag. Like if it was me, I would say fuck. Robert, fuck all of these people, fuck all of this, pack all my shit up, take my kids, and head back north. But Ned, he just kind of like ignores all the red flags. And to me, this situation that happened in this chapter isn't even a red flag. This is a red plane with a banner attached to it, like a plane that flies over a baseball game. Like, it's so blatantly obvious that he that Robert isn't the same and nothing Ned is going to do is going to change who Robert is. Exactly. And don't get me wrong. I love Ned. I love Ned so much. He's one of my favorite like POV chapters. I was sad at like the loss of his 
like insight so early on in the grand story when you think about it. And the reason this happened is because at this point he didn't turn around. I'm like, just like you said, Robert's not the same man anymore right. at all. Not even remotely the same man. And he clearly is not a great king. He doesn't know how to make decisions on his own. He doesn't have the same like moral grounding that Ned has. Ned is a very honorable man. And he even says like, this is kids squabbling, but he rather appease Cersei because he knows like the wrath of that he could face on that side. Cause it's, you know, it's a lion. She's not gonna sit there and take something like, um, she's not gonna take it lightly. Yeah. What happened to Joffrey? Yeah, no, she isn't. And th- that's what I'm saying. Like Robert is neutered, right? Like Cersei has him, like she has his balls. And he kind of like, kind of already told Ned this when they were in the barrel lands like he's already if if robert wants to make jamie lannister warden of the east it's he didn't come to this decision on his own like this is something that was fed to him and who was it fed by the lannisters so he already ned already knew in the barrel lands that the lannisters had power over robert not any relationship that they had when they were kids so, and, and yeah, Cersei's definitely not going to let her perfect son be uh, attacked by two kids, which is a lie. And Oh, definitely. <laughs> and all of that. Um, she's not going to let that slide. And I don't know. One thing that really sticks out in this chapter, but besides Ned being missing the red flags is that this is the first taste of what's considered Southern justice. Um, The Stark children, Arya and Sansa, they have always been in a position where they were above people. They've always been like the royalty in their circles, but now there's like a new dynamic that's being introduced to them where they are in circles with people that are above them, like socially. So with royalty and it's a different situation for all of them, but especially Arya and Sansa, like I'm sure Arya nor Sansa thought that this situation would result in the death of lady and the death of the butcher's boy, because in Winterfell, this wouldn't have happened. This is a Southern thing. Oh, definitely. It's especially where Cersei is talking about Sir Illyn killing Lady. And unfortunately, at the end of this chapter, Ned has to do that deed himself. But I feel like a lot of that going off of Sansa Sansa and Arya has to do with Sansa willfully choosing to say she doesn't remember what happened when the preceding chapter is Sansa's point of view of what actually happened. Right. Which is like, to me, it's like, and Ned knows this. Ned, like he said, Sansa told him the truth. He brought Sansa there to corroborate Arya's story. And her deciding not to resulted in the death of Lady. Yeah, that's, and you know, honey, (laughs) we gonna talk about Girl, I'm like, like, Sansa, (laughs) you know how I feel. (laughs) I know how you feel. The minute I heard her name, I was like, oh, let me... (laughs) <laughs> just, I love the dire wolf so much. That's why I was like, this is, this is a lot of this is on you. Yeah, like Sansa. Okay, I get it. She's a kid. She's been 
taught obedience and this and all of these things. And the one time she should be obedient to the king and tell what happened, she doesn't. She she goes against everything that she's been trained to do because everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, she was taught this way. She was brought up this way, blah, 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 blah. But the, then why didn't she act the way that she was brought up in this moment? Why did she not care? Because honestly, to me, it's like she doesn't care that this boy, whether you're supposed to marry him or not, this boy tried to kill your sister. He fought your sister with a steel blade with intentions to hurt her or kill her. And you'll sit there and lie for him after you've already told your dad the truth. And then Ned knows and he doesn't say anything. Yeah, that's what like gets me every single time. It's your sister of all people. And not only that, like her being in stock, everybody thinks of them as being like very honorable people. And realistically, that's kind of just Ned and Ned's ways. Because if you compare him to his siblings, I wouldn't say they're as honorable. But that's besides the point. Let me stop <laughs> dragging the starts for no reason. <laughs> for people who are like, she really doesn't like them. Like, no, I do. But um, Sansa's other half is a Tully, which is family duty honor. You're completely besmirching that for a boy you barely know that clearly already showed signs of cruelty. And when Cersei orders the death of Lady, and I'm sorry, I know we're jumping a little ahead. But when Cersei eventually orders the death of Lady, he's smiling next to her. Like, he is showing who he is, and she just still just does not see it. She doesn't. And Compared she, to Arya, who's already seen through it. Oh, Arya's seen that shit before they left Winterfell. Exactly. So it's like... It's, beca- <laughs> it's because she has, like, this vision that... She has, like, this idea of the world where she's going to have this perfect picture image of this man and he's going to be her prince charming like the songs and she doesn't want to ruin it for herself she's a very selfish person she really is she romanticizes like her life or how she thinks her life should be like it's always about the song she always brings up different songs in a lot of her pov chapters like she thinks she's john quill like that's how she wants her life to be Mm -hmm. and unfortunately here's like the real beginning not even the because I feel like her previous chapter should have been a big red flag. But to show her, like, that your life isn't a song. People can be cruel. Even the prince, the beautiful prince and the beautiful queen can be really cruel and mean people. Yeah. she and even this still doesn't get through to her, which is, no. I guess that's kind of why I really just don't like Sansa. Because I'm like, I always felt more like Arya. No, this guy is clearly like a really mean person. Like, why? <laughs> like, why are you siding with him? Why are you lying? Like, I feel why Arya is passionate. Like, I had to just dismiss my dire wolf. You know what? Like, you as somebody who has a dire wolf know like what these wolves mean to us. I just had to push mine away. Then on top of all that, my friend just got killed. I just still, like, at the end of the day, got assaulted by the prince. And you, my sister, aren't defending me? <laughs> yeah. I totally understand why she lashed out, because I would have did the same thing. Like, no, yeah, she, Arya was totally a mood. <laughs> she was so, yeah, so I was like, 
don't get me wrong, it's not all this art because I really like Arya because I would have done the same thing. Like, Sansa, why? Like, you know what happened. Why are you lying? And then, like, to pay that consequence. And, like, Oh, it's so sad. And she, and she doesn't really learn from that situation. Like it would be, it would be a lot better. Like if she did that, and then we see her learn from it. We don't. She doesn't learn from it. She's a slow learner. She's very. She's. I hate to bring up show references, yeah. but that was a good one when she said she's a slow learner. I'm like, yeah. yes, yes, you are, girl. <laughs> is she really is? But I, you know what I think George is doing with Joffrey and Sansa. This could, I could be totally wrong, but George had said in an interview, like he tries to make like, it, like there's this trope where the evil villains are ugly and black. Uh, they all wear black. Like, um, I think he was referencing the orcs from oh, Lord yeah, of the Rings. Yeah. And um, he wanted to make the villains of the story pr- beautiful. So like the Lannisters, they they wear bright gold and crimson and they're all described as beautiful people, but they're the they're actually the villains. And, and the only one that you sympathize with is Tyrion, who's considered the hideous one. And right, one. the ugly one, exactly. Yep. And Sansa is has taken that trope and put it on her real life, like in the stories and songs. All the heroes are handsome and beautiful, and the ugly people are the villains. And that's why she looks at the Hound and Sir Ellen Payne, even though they're they're awful people. But she looks at them and they they creep her out. When actually the Hound isn't as bad as Joffrey. Sir Ellen isn't as bad as Joffrey. Like the worst person, the person that she sees as the most beautiful, perfect prince, is actually the evil villain. I think George kind of like twisted that up in there in Sansa's story. Oh, definitely. You can um, see like the um, clear, like not wanting to be so blatantly, this is good and this is bad. Like just because they're wearing all white with the gold cloaks and the white cloaks and the city watch defending the king. That doesn't mean these are good people. Look what they did to your dad, Sansa. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm like, anyways. <laughs> Yeah, drag back. I'm sorry. Totally. I get really passionate about this because I'm like, I really can't believe she did that. You said you wanted to talk about Renly. Oh, I did want to talk about Renly. I'm so mad that the show only watchers missed Renly's great line when he walks out and he's just like, lion's tooth. <laughs> oh. <Or> guffaw. <laughs> I'm like, that is too funny. <laughs> I know. This, and they gave his line about the disarming have that little girl at the size of a rat disarm you they gave that line to robert so renly wasn't yeah. even there he didn't even they just didn't even have the honor guard come which kind of sucked yeah and i'm gonna be that person i like book renly um <laughs> i like book renly too a, a, a lot of people don't think, i know they do uh, honestly one thing that bothered me with renly i'm like you Stannis clearly is not gonna have a son you could be his heir and you know things happen in war so like yeah all in line real quick and then probably get what you want if you just play the long game but whatever Renly <laughs> yeah I mean I get why people don't like him as far as him like usurping his brother I like his personality but his personality is dope he's more charismatic because like um like how they say, like, um, Stannis was, like, the only one of the Baratheon brothers that just, like, 
didn't have that same charisma that could like rally people to follow them. Yeah, he he didn't, which is weird because they all had the same mother and father, but he's got exactly. that middle child. He's got that middle child syndrome. I got a little touch of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he really does though, because he's like they don't love me like they love my brothers. Mm. Like all sad all the time. And it's like, I mean, you're kind of not helping the situation, pal. But at the same time, I feel him where he's like, Renly should fall in line and Renly should have fallen in line. But other than that, when we're in this chapter, Renly is pretty funny in my opinion, even though he's in there for a short period of time. It's not really that long of a chapter. Yeah, it's really short. It's basically kind of to the point of what ultimately happens, which is Lady's Execution by Ned Stark. And I wanted to talk about um, the direwolves for a second because I really well, love them. <laughs> I really love the direwolves. And Lady um, is one of my favorite direwolves because I don't know, it's like when you, she lost, she was lost so soon that the whole rest of the way the whole rest of the books, it's like, oh, what if Lady was still here? Like, what if Lady made it to King's Landing? But she didn't. And um, Lady, the, Ned, when he talks about the direwolves, when he goes to do the execution on Lady, he says, like, he had never paid attention to them before. And oh, their names. Yeah, their names. It's like, I really wanted to get to this because I was like... Girl, I have notes <laughs> I was oh, like, okay. <laughs> for their names because I'm like, because I feel like everybody has their own thoughts as to like the interpretations. I feel like the names are very important to each one of the Stark children. Oh, they are totally. So when he like even says it like how Lady acts like um, Sansa like with the perfect name, she's most well behaved. She's the prettiest. She's like Sansa. She's a mirror to Sansa. Definitely. So I kind of agree with you that I think it represents. I feel like the, they have the same fate, so I think Sansa might die in the books. But. I, I was about to say, so what could that mean? <laughs> but I feel like that was his original path. Who knows now? Because like yeah. says that's a garden. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and that's what I wonder, like, how much has, like, how much has changed since this yeah. chapter? Lady, he said, tasting the name. He had never paid much attention to the names the children had picked, but looking at her now, he knew that Sansa had chosen well. She was the smallest of the litter, the prettiest, the most gentle and trusting. She looked at him with bright golden eyes, and he ruffled her thick gray fur. So, like you were saying, completely matches Sansa. The prettiest Stark, the smallest, and I'm saying... I, or the smallest of the litter. I say that because she's like the most passive of the litter. Like she's like of all the Stark children, she's not the smallest. Of course, Rickon's the smallest, but in like figuratively, I would say like she has the most calm personality. Um, and she's also the most gentle of the Starks and she's the most trusting. Like when you look at Ned, Lady doesn't bite him like Ned's never interacted with lady before lady just trusts him well I don't know if Ned's ever like went up to lady and tried to pet her before but I'm pretty sure lady is the only one that they explicitly say that he's touched he has like right now at this point or before yeah 
No, I'm trying to think like if he's touched any, he touched any of the other direwolves like explicitly, like if they've said he's touched their other ones. He might it's, have, like, obviously, without it being said. Without it being said, yeah. I know, he, like, when they found him, he was like, you're going to take care of him yourself. You're going to feed him yourself. You're going to train him yourself. Like, I don't want to be bothered with this. These servants don't want to be bothered with this. So, yeah, I don't know. holding one. So, I definitely think that that could mean that, like, that's a representation of Sansa. Like, Sansa's gentle and trusting, and she's willingly going walking right into the lion's den what with their fangs open and out and she's going to be devoured basically because even though she does end up escaping king's landing she doesn't escape the same person and she does suffer a lot um yes she does and it was because she trusted the wrong people like just like lady trusting ned stark when she should have bit his fucking hand off and ran away <laughs> <laughs> and ran away to be with her sister in the riverlands but i definitely think like these dire wolves all mirror the owners they all do and like if so 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 far we've lost lady and we've lost gray wind in the books and yeah. gray wind dies exactly the same way rob dies honestly i feel so bad when they take off his head and put it a, like like on Rob's body, like when they take Grey Wind's head off and put it on Rob's body. Yes. And Arya has to see that. I'm like, that's so traumatizing. And they wonder <laughs> why she child. wants to be a faceless man. That's yeah, why. Can you imagine seeing your older brother, your the older brother that you love, and his dire wolf? Like, oh my gosh, that poor girl. Mm, but Grey Wind and like Rob. I wish we could have gotten Rob's head. Honestly, sometimes. I yeah <laughs> i but i wonder like if his thought i feel like his thoughts would have been really shallow probably because he's so young and entitled in a different way than everyone else like i don't think we have like the biggest pov we have is from like a lord's perspective is Tyrion. We yeah. have Jamie, but Jamie's really not like a lord. I guess you could say he's a lord, but really he's like giving up all lands and titles. But to have like the pr- the perspective, the point of view of a the king in the north, like that's a huge POV. But then again, we have Daenerys, so yeah, I feel like we get a lot of Rob through Cat, so yeah, it makes up for it. But all those Star kids being wargs, and one thing that like always bothers me is we don't get it confirmed for Sansa, even though I think George has said it off the record that she was as well. Yeah, she was. That's she was. What, yeah, that's yeah. what he said. All of them were. All of them were. It goes to show you how like strong that connection was. Yeah, and it's you have to. I like every time I read about these wolves, I'm always thinking like you know what does this mean what is george trying to tell us because he's trying to tell us something he's leaving clues when it comes to what the wolves actually represent what they mean what they foreshadow and i totally think it means that sansa is going to go in the place of Arya, like nymeria like lady went in the place of nymeria and i think that would be full circle for her just like i think redemption arc yeah, just like I think with Jamie possibly being the Valencar and ending his sister 
would be full circle for him, but even still not really, because I don't know, like, is a like killing your lover? Is that a redemption? Like it's kind of gray in my opinion. Yeah. I think it would depend on what Cersei was trying to do. If she was trying to pull like an heiress type stunt, then yeah, you might have to, you know, yeah. You know, clean her real quick. But <laughs> I'm a, um, oh my goodness. I just lost my turn of thought. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but in regards to like the um, fate, I think with um, Sansa taking the place of Arya, that would be, in my opinion, a redemption arc for Sansa because I personally agree with you on this. Like the beginning, like the Game of Thrones book itself. Even up until, like, for me, I'm rereading now. I'm at A Storm of Swords, and I'm just starting to come around to Sansa. hmm Yeah, I mean, Sansa, to me, Sansa owes Arya. Yeah, like, she does. She owes her. I mean, I don't want to say she owes her, but, like, at least be a sister to her. Because yeah, she, well, doesn't, I mean, she, she doesn't have that. And she's never, and Sansa's never been that for her. Oh, no, no. They used to, like, tease her and stuff like that. Color like what was it, Aria horse face or Aria underfoot like yeah like she was always the outcast and she that's why her and John were so close and you know what really fucked me up about this chapter <laughs> the butcher's boy death oh Micah Micah like that act was would have been the final like it's too it's bad enough you just had to kill Lady but to see the Hound and the way he just disregards his body like his blatant disregard of this young boy's life. The boy, what, the butcher's boy was, what, like 11, maybe? Maybe, 11, 11, like, if we're being generous. I, he's we're being generous. Because, like, Arya at the time, I think is, like, 8, maybe? In the yeah, Sansa's 11, Arya's 8. Yeah, so, like, they're all really young, so for him to just drop that little boy's body, like, I just had to, like, put down my daughter's, like, and they're not just tired with them, they're like a spirit guides, in my opinion. Yeah. Like they I had to put that my daughter's like spirit guide down, and then now I had to tell my other daughter, like, oh, by the way, they just killed your friend as well. Definitely, like, um, or something that you asked him to do with you. Like, it's like we we're just sword fighting, we we're just playing like innocently until this kid came around and caused trouble with us, and now we both lost our wolves, and he's dead. Like, I'm sorry, like that. I want to turn around so fast. I'm just like, Cersei is just flexing right now. Yeah. Like, there's so many, like, red, like, flags and warning signs. It's like, stop, turn around, do not enter King's Landing, because clearly, if you can't handle Cersei and outmaneuver Cersei in this situation, and now you're adding in other players when you go further south, like Varys, Littlefinger, Pycelle, Brenly at that point, like... You can't handle that. You're not ready for that type of level of politicking. Yeah. I mean, he's been in the North for so long. He's been so removed from, like, what happens in the South. And he's not John Aaron. And he's not Stannis. And he's not Renly. He's not Littlefinger. He's so, so much the opposite like it was a very bad decision for robert to choose ned but i understand like why he did he did because at the end of the day he actually trusts ned and he's running out of people that he trusts so i get why he did it but it was still stupid but when we um 
talk about like the butcher's boy when I first like read it and even rereading it. And even when in the last chapter in the Sansa one chapter, when um, the butcher's boy is like, she asked me to my Lord. She asked me to, I'm like, I started to get teary eyed. I was like, Oh my God. Like, cause he, he did nothing. And it's morally sickening because you see like the value of human life in Westeros and the value of a child's life over like the word of a prince. And it's, it's just awful. And George writes historical realism. So like, I get it, but it really sucks. And it kind of turned me off when it comes to the hound, the hound becomes more likable later, but the hound in Edar three is a vile piece of shit. So like, if you think the hound is bomb, but like hate Jamie Lannister, I don't get it. Like, yeah, Jamie pushed a kid out the window and he's redeeming himself. Yeah, the hound butchered a little boy and just let his body slide off the back of his horse while he was laughing. Yeah, so my difference with Jamie and the hound in that situation is I obviously pushing a kid out of the window is terrible. But I understood why Jamie did it because he's like, honestly, Jamie's a brash thinker. He does not he reacts. He's a very re- reactionary person. So he just does what the first thing that comes to his mind. And he's like, honestly, this kid just saw some, saw us doing something. If he starts talking, not only am I dead, she's dead. These kids are dead. My brother's dead. Like, I'm not going to let that happen. So in the spur of the moment, he, you know, just drops Bran and he's not thinking clearly, but I get why he's doing it. He's like, I'm doing this to protect my family. The hound killing Micah, that's just cruelty. Yeah. That you know that little, you you know Joffrey is just not in his right of mind. And he's a cruel person by now. He should know how sadistic Joffrey is firsthand because he's like his protector, his shield. Like you are always with this child. So you know how he acts. So for him to order you to kill a little, an, a child and you're laughing about it. That's way worse than Jamie. So I don't understand how you can like the Hound over Jamie in that situation. Like if you're going on their moral like standings, like the Hound is terrible in that situation. Yeah, he totally is. And I mean, I guess you could say, well, he was ordered to do it. He has to follow orders. Fuck them orders. Like you said, like, you know, who whose orders you're following. Yeah, just tell the kid to run off. But like, hey, just run into the woods, never come back. Like, do like the hyenas did in like Lion King. Like, you know, go and never come back or we'll kill you. Like, do one of So the butcher's boy, because this is a child, you're scary as hell. Like, look how big he is. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I'm pretty positive if you told the kid to run off, it would have been fine. But no, you took joy and said, oh, he didn't run very fast. Yeah. I mean, it's like. It's so sad. <laughs> It's awful. Like I and and like that Ned, okay, they've killed Lady. Now do you see what they've done to this child? Leave. And yes. then I I will say like I 100% respect that Ned made Jory take Lady all the way in the north, all the way to the north. Oh, me too cuz it's like poor Ned's bones are lost somewhere. <laughs> yes, but and I feel like Barbary Dustin has something to do with it, but that's a Oh, she does. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's a totally separate topic. She is pressed <laughs> over Brandon Stark. He has the heat. Been dead for sixteen years, and she is still 
stigmatized over Can here. we talk about how Brandon Stark and Rob Stark are two totally different people? Because if Brandon was Rob's father, him doing, like, taking Jane Westerling's, like, virginity would not have resulted in a marriage. No, never. Clearly, Brandon did not care. So I'm like, it wasn't all the Starks. This is just Ned. And that's why these kids are so naive. It's because Ned has this, like, strong moral... Co- He's a prude. Yeah, be honest, Ned is a huge prude. Yeah, all of the Starks are. I got that yeah, vibe so from Benjamin. sheltered. They think they're better than other people. And then when they see how cruel the real world is, like, some of them realize faster than others, but it, it hits them like a ton of bricks. Yeah. I mean, I I like Ned. Um, I don't know if you listen to the Nada cast. Do you listen to them? Um, no, to be quite honest. They um, I've heard of ta- them though. <laughs> they were talking about. Um, I thought it was really good. Like the summary, or basically what they summarize, like the reason that we like Ned is because he is like this war hero kind of guy that is just trying to deal with the ghost from his past and like that's what makes him interesting no matter like him being dumb is basically i mean they didn't they didn't say that him being dumb (laughs) but i'm saying him being dumb is basically like a plot mover kind of thing like he has to be dumb or we don't get a story exactly and i don't dislike him because he's dumb i don't dislike him at all like i love him like that's my dad <laughs> like who the fuck you be dead stark is my dad so i love ned i love his pov but what i love about him isn't his politics and how he runs things and how he does things it's the ghosts that he deals with from his past and i think um not cast did a really good job when they talked about that yeah well another thing i really like about ned like is he stays true to himself like, yeah. he does not waver from his beliefs. And the only time, like, he kind of, like, well, actually, I shouldn't say the only time. He's kind of dishonored himself a couple times. But they're for honorable reasons, like, publicly saying, like, oh, John's my bastard when it's my nephew at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a very honorable thing to do, even though you're publicly making it seem like you did something wrong. And, for example, like, um, to the public eye, he did commit treason against Joffrey. They don't know the truth. Even though Stannis kind of sends letters out later on, kind of telling people what happened. But a lot of people still didn't believe them. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. Some didn't believe. Some did. But the general masses, like the small folk, they all think Ned's a big traitor. And his whole, like, legacy, I feel like, got besmirched by that final, like, moment when he unfortunately played his hand incorrectly and got himself killed. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, you know, when it comes to like this story, when we all, I think we're all guilty of this. I know I'm guilty of this. I always go back and look at like these moments and like, damn, if this didn't happen, Damn, there's that person was so stupid or that person should have never done that. But like these things had to happen. I, I'm guilty of that with Catelyn. 
Um, <laughs> me too. Me too. I'm like, why did you negotiate that deal? But <laughs> yeah, why did you free Jamie? Why oh, oh did you God. capture Tyrion? But then I'm like, okay, well, if she doesn't capture Tyrion, then do we have a story? Exactly. The death of Lady kind of being a result of Sansa lying, also foreshadowing what happens in the Red Keep when she pretty much like goes against her family and tells on what they're planning on doing even her father said don't tell anybody is like oh hey we're leaving and then all these people die as a result of that and she had to deal with that consequence just like her lying in this situation she had to deal with the consequences of losing a lady yeah and that's what i was saying when i was saying she didn't learn from it because she does the exact same thing. Well, not the exact, but you might as well say the same thing again. Like, you've already been here. You've already betrayed your family once for these people, and you saw what happened. Why would you do it again? Because this time when you do it again, you're not going to just lose Lady. You're going to lose your dad. Yeah, it's like you lost your dad. You lost your septa. Your sister. Your sister. You lost, because um, Jane Poole goes missing for a while right um fat tom like it was basically a white yeah like you lost like they lost what jory like a little bit before ned yep and And then with jamie with the brawl with jamie exactly so i'm like i feel like the loss of lady should have been enough for her Mm -hmm. but they have that same naivety going on because like sansa has it John has it. Bran has it a little bit. Rob clearly has it. Yeah. I hate this chapter. Like, I'm just sitting here thinking, I hate this fucking chapter. This chapter sucks balls. (laughs) It's so sad because it's like, you're, like, dealing with not only the loss of Lady, the death of Micah, then you're also dealing with, like, your frustrations at different characters and how they like behaved in the situation. But again, like you said, that if they didn't act this way, we wouldn't have a story to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, as we go forward, like as we go forward, we're going to see the pay, like this chapter really steps the pace up, like going forward. Like it raises the stakes. Like we've seen how, court is going to be handled how justice is going to be handled we see that things aren't going to happen in a fair way going forward like this really raises the bar like raises the standards um you feel like they're not safe going to king's landing Uh, at least i did did you oh i felt the same way because i'm like clearly like this is happening on the road imagine when they're like on their home court like they're in what raymond Derry's castle and that in itself is, like, something I feel like that kind of gets, like, swept under the rug a little bit by, like, most people when they're going through that chapter because everything else is so heavy. But, mm-hmm. like, you're having this situation happen in the home of somebody that doesn't even like you. You killed a couple of his brothers. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't he related to the same um, Kingsguard that took Daenerys and Viserys over? Um, yes, yeah, Sir Willem. Yeah. yeah, so I'm like, 
like my family took heavy losses because of you and here you guys are like invading my space. <laughs> like, I wonder if Ned knows anything about, I mean, I wonder if um, Lord Derry knows anything about Ned and Jon Snow because when Ned goes in the room and he's like looking for people that are going to have like have nice supportive faces towards him, uh, Lord Derry does. Like, he regards him nicely, I think he said. His eyes swept the room, searching for friendly faces. But for his own men, they were very, sorry, they were few enough. Sir Raymond Derry guarded his look well. Lord Renly wore a half smile that might mean anything. And old Sir Barrison was grave. The rest were Lannister men and hostile. Oh, yeah. So, (laughs) they're alone. (laughs) Yeah, you're alone, and I feel like you're not even in King's Landing yet, and look how many people, like, outnumber you. Oh, God. It's, like, it just feels like... you're adding more people. It's, like, so many, like, warning after warning, like... It really is, and it's it feels, like, so, like, dreadful and doom going to King's Landing, and it really is. Like, that's really what it winds up being. Yeah, it is, because you're, like, um... The whole time as the reader, you're just sitting here like, oh my goodness, what are you guys doing? What are you guys, like, why are you guys going down there? Like, I understand Ned wants to protect Rob in his mind. Like, clearly this woman has some type of sway over my my brother. And I think Ned, just in his protective nature, is like, I want to get my brother back. We just lost our, like, father figure, John Aaron. Because in his eyes, he thinks that Cersei was involved in killing John Aaron when in actuality it was Littlefinger and Lysa, yet they end up trusting them. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. <laughs> have you wrong. realized that... I'm just, I'm just thinking about this. Have you realized that all of Eddard's chapters, like, leading up even to, like, even in this one, like, the previous two... So the first one is in Crypts of Winterfell. So it's like we're all around, surrounded by the dead Starks. And then the second chapter is in the Barrowlands, which is all the barrows of the dead first men or kings, could be kings, I don't know. And then this one is actually like Lady dying, the butcher's boy dying in the Riverland. Like it's so much death in his chapter. I don't know if George was doing that on purpose to like foreshadow that... Um, to foreshadow that Ned was going to die? Yeah, I meant to ask, um, how close were they to the Trident in this chapter? Um, yeah, they're right next to it. Think about what that must mean for Ned and, like, well, I'm assuming Robert as well. Like, this is, like, the site of, like, a big battle for you guys. Like, the victory of all victories. This is why Robert's on the throne. And the implications of what this meant to like Ned, like he lost a brother, a father and his sister. Yeah. Due to that conflict. So like all those emotions are probably like running in his head. And here he is at the site of like the pretty much like the deciding point of the war. So you're dealing with that PTSD going on. Now you have to kill your daughter's wolf and your daughters are upset. You're upset. Like there's, it's every. It's kind of like all these heavy symbols. Like this chapter is just full of like death and reminders of death and just repeated death, just like screaming at you. 
Yeah, a lot of it is. And, and then and Edward Four, he's going to be at his graveyard in King's Landing. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, you're just like, every chapter is like something really heavy is happening or the implications of something heavy to come for Ned. A hundred percent. Oh, I meant to bring up um, one thing I wanted to talk about with the dire wolves and their names. The fact that the chapter right after when Ned, um, after this one is the chapter where Bran names Summer. Yeah. Do you think that is a coincidence? I do not think that's, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I do not think that's a coincidence. It's definitely intentional. Yeah. Like one of the final, like towards the end of it is the chapter that we had mentioned earlier with um, Ned pretty much saying he didn't give much thought to the names of the dire, their, his children's wolves. And for Bran's, like the end of his chapter to be like Summer, my wolf's name is Summer. Right after the, you think it happened similar to how it happened in the show? Like once Lady died, Bran woke up, like how they did that edit? I mean, I don't know. It's not clear, but it could definitely be that. But the Ned is making the reader like Ned says, I never paid attention to their names. So Ned is making the reader think about their names and describing her just like Sansa. And then we get brand naming summer. So there is supposed to be some connection that we draw between those two things. Yeah. And in that brand chapter, I don't want to get too far ahead since that's the next one, but in a take you guys are going to talk about it. Um, brand pretty much the reason he names summer, summer it's, in that whole chapter, like that whole chapter's premise, like in my opinion, is the result of Summer's name and symbolism in Bran's storyline, like the visions he gets from the three-eyed crow in the book. They lead up to like, um, you know, kind of showing him the real threat that's out there. Yeah. And what kind of needs to be done, like Bran's really involved in what needs to be done but i don't get too much into that that's (laughs) That's, that's (laughs) the next week the brand's coma dream but that's basically it for um at our three unless you have anything else you want to add i take it yeah no we're sticking to the book so i was gonna say one thing that bothered me with the show's interpretation of it was how dialogue wise it was pretty accurate obviously with a couple characters like omitted from it But what bothered me was how they framed it to make it seem like Sansa being brought in was a surprise to Ned, not Ned's actually, like, intending on having Sansa there to corroborate his side of things. Right, because he's already heard it. Exactly. So I feel like they did that. It kind of made Ned look a little bit dumber to people who have only seen the show. (laughs) Which kind of bothers me a little bit because I'm like, no, Ned had Sansa there for, like, To make Sansa look a little bit better. Yeah, and it, yeah, it helps improve like Sansa's image because it's like it makes it seem like oh, like they, like oh wow, Sansa, you let them bring you in just to like not help out your sister, like, right? Like you didn't already tell your dad this, and he's bringing you here because he knows what you're gonna say, and then you just say fuck you, dad. <laughs> I'm riding with the prince. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I wish that they framed it differently because like would have made Ned's PR campaign look look. <laughs> yes totally but i want to thank you so much for coming on i enjoyed talking about at our three with you and i will definitely have you back on again if you want to come back on uh, it was a lot of fun oh i 
definitely had a great time, and I enjoyed talking about Ned 3, and I know I dragged him a bit and a couple of the other Starks, but I really do love them dearly, but I definitely want to come up for Cersei Trapter because, you know, I like the Lannisters a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're doing Cersei because I yeah, know like, the vibe uh, is the same. <laughs> kind of a Lannister person over here, but it's besides the point. <laughs> oh, I'm a Targaryen. I'm a Targaryen Lannister Stark. Like, I love all of them. <laughs> I do, honestly. I love, like, all of them. I like a member from each house. Like, I always have a favorite from each individual one that I like. And I have ones that I don't like because that's just how George writes. He makes great characters. He doesn't make it seem like this. The, all the bad guys are on this team and all the good guys are on this team. And, you know, that's why we read his books and enjoy them. <laughs> yeah, he's so good. He, uh, like, he writes so realistically. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I like the Lord of the Rings, but I don't think I could um, reread the Lord of the Rings so many times as I've reread A Song of Ice and Fire, where I I'm totally still discovering things. Like, I love the Lord of the Rings. Don't get me wrong. I've read that. I've read The Hobbit. Um, I really couldn't get through the Silmarillion, but that's just Oh, no. Me. No, girl. But I feel like, <laughs> yeah, to me, the characters seem very black and white to me. Some yeah. characters do have a little bit more depth, but overall, majority of the characters are very, like, to the most part, either morally good or morally bad. There's, like, nothing, like, in the middle, and that's why I really appreciate about the um, characters in George's story. Not only that, but I like the POV, like, different the POV style. chapter. Yeah, I feel like it's a really great way to tell a story. That's why Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn is so popping. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn, and I, if you do those, please get me involved because I, I plan that. to. I plan to do those. I just need to find the time <laughs> to to oh, do all of the things I want to do because I want to do so much. Just gotta find the time to do it. And that is at R three, and I will see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>